0: Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here is our host, Joyce Buford.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Second Wind. It's so good to be with you this morning. And outside of a few issues this morning, we are here with all of the brightness that we can bring you. I want to share something with you that happened just last night. Um, This is the starting season of our um, Performing Arts series in East Texas. And so they always start off with a big name. Now, one of the things they did, this man that they started off with, and some of you may remember him because he is definitely from my era. His name is Rick Springfield. And, um, you know, I couldn't really remember this man. I knew he was big in the day. He is a singer, and he's a was a pop power of the 80s performer, Grammy winner, singer, songwriter, music musician who has sold 25 million re- albums. And he's been, his claim to fame, you may remember one of his songs was Jesse's Girl, which we all sang and danced to if you were do, in the 80s. So anyway... I had tickets to this, and I wasn't quite sure I wanted to go. But I asked a girlfriend to go with me, which we do. And sometimes we have to go to these things or reach outside our comfort zone. We don't really know why we're going. We just kind of go because the, the opportunity is there. Well, we got there early, Um And so there were a lot of people out front. So many people were so aware of this man, and he was so big in their lives. I was really quite surprised that he had such a following. Well, long story short, my friend and I had the best night listening to what I call memory lane music. It brought us back into our youth into just fabulous music. He is an over-the-top performer. And so we were all on our feet dancing and moving and singing and having a great time. And my lesson to you here, and this is why I wanted to bring it up, sometimes we have to stay connected to those things that give us joy and pleasure for instance the love of music that was definitely a call the history this man was during my era although i did not remember him which is not uncommon these days but it's so important that we allow ourselves freedom to do these these uh, adventures i like to call them and out of this the benefit was a thrill of an evening just laughing and singing and, and loving the moment with so many of our friends that since I moved here when I was married, I didn't know a lot of these friends were exactly the same age I was and had shared his, this guy's music in a different way. So anyway, remember, keep exploring. Don't say, oh, that's so long ago. That's not worth doing. Because there is so much added joy To exploring, reaching out, reconnecting. So that's your tip for this week. Keep engaged in enjoying those things that gave you joy once in your life. Now, our guest today is a phenomenal woman. I've met her briefly and I just enjoyed her so much. Her name is Daphne Smith. And she has more than 25 years of helping thousands of women take off their masks in order to live free, secure, and empowered. She shares her personal and professional insights about personal growth, transformation, and becoming the person you were designed to be through speaking, group facilitating, and one-on-one engagements. You'll benefit from her unique experiences in corporate America, faith based ministries, the well designed industry, the wellness industry, sorry, sorry, and direct sales, which helps her be connected with a wide range of ages, experiences, and vocational background. Daphne, I know you would have had a great time last night with us. So well, the heating, I, yeah. What?
2: <laughs> As said, Rick Springfield. I knew exactly who you were speaking about. <laughs> really? Oh, Wilkerson. Well, we'll
1: but she lives in Northwest Arkansas with her husband David, proud parents of two University of Arkansas alumni, which I happen to be one of two. And we love doting on. She loves doting on her nieces, nephews, and granddogs. Now she's very proud, and she's profoundly moved by stories of hope from songs, books, and music, and is inspiring, as you will be inspired today by her message.
2: So welcome, Daphne. It is great to be here, Joyce. Thank you so much for having me. I was quickly taking notes as you were sharing early. I, thank you. <laughs> thank you for giving me some tips. And encouragement. And, and you know, with our connection with the University of Arkansas, while this would be an opportunity to call the hogs, I'm going to say yes. we should probably pass on that. I'm, I just, I don't know. But, but you <laughs> it's know great what? to be here.
1: That is so unique, that Arkansas football call, uh, <laughs> that uh, most of the people from other countries would just be baffled by the sound of <laughs> calling the hogs. Uh, Yes, and we did say hogs. The Razorback hog is their um, uh, pet or um, what's it called? Mm -hmm. Mascot for the university. But, you know, I want to share this about um, the performer last night, Rick Springfield. He was celebrating his 70th birthday. And I want you to know that that man was jumping all over the stage very talented on the multiple guitars that he played and i was so impressed and you talk about a man that's still full of life and still married 34 years to the same woman how awesome is that pretty cool that is pretty cool
2: fantastic especially in yeah. that industry yes um, you, and, know, you know uh, but-
1: yeah, he was quite open. He did one song. He says, "This is a we were going through a real rough patch in my marriage," and uh, so he sang that song. But we all have rough patches, and so I, I was just uh, really quite impressed with him. Quite impressed, probably more than when I was heard him back in the eighties. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> well, you're yeah. more mature. You have an appreciation now. What I, I dare say, when we're younger, we don't know. We really don't know. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> well, tell me a little bit more. Share with us a, a more about Daphne. Now, I know you have just become a new author of a fabulous book called What's Your Scarlet Letter? And you're recognizing your hurt. Um, let me see. Releasing Your Shame and Reclaim Your Voice. I kind of changed some of the words in there. But the book sounds fabulous. Why did you feel like you needed to write a book?
2: Well, thank you, Joyce. Thank you for asking. I, I didn't want to write a book. I'll, I'll be very honest. Um, I have enjoyed reading my entire <laughs> life. In fact, early on. Um, and, and the environment that I grew up in, it was a form of escape for me. And yeah. I just soaked up fiction. Uh, I'm of the Laura Ingo Wilder generation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I escaped to Little House on the Prairie and then advanced through Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys and, and Judy oh, yeah. Bloom when she first came out. So that, that's what I, I grew up in. And I just, I, I was a ferocious reader.
3: So mm-hmm.
2: writing, however, was never really on my radar mm-hmm. until I'd actually had enough life experience. And as a result of that life experience, recognizing that other women had that shared life journey
3: mm-hmm. and
2: often didn't know that they had company on the journey, if you will. So often yeah. we feel alone. Even in this social media connected world, we can still feel very alone, especially based on the hurt we've experienced in life. And it really just got to the point, Joyce, where I couldn't not write because I felt so led to just shine a light, to reach a hand out, To another woman to say, hey, you're not in this alone. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's really why I wrote the book.
1: Yeah. I love the words you use to describe the pain. Hurt. Shame. And one of the things I think we'll all recognize is the losing of our voice through different situations that take place. Um, I love that. That's in your title of your book. Now, your book is official officially launched, or it is on its way.
2: It is available as of the time that we're recording this podcast for pre order on ah. Amazon and Yay. Barnes and Noble. Yay. Yes, very Yay. exciting for both of those. <laughs> and it will it will officially release, uh, in other words, ship you know, if somebody does Uh a pre-order or they can go in and just have it delivered immediately as of Tuesday, September 25th. So we're just days away.
1: Oh, that's so exciting to be on this side of it, just prior to the baby (laughs) birth here. (laughs) Because we all know the love and the the hours of redo, 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 redo to create the baby. Um, And you're so proud when... It's finally there. I was uh, when I did my book. <laughs> I have to tell you, I had one. I laugh at this because I read. I failed comprehensive reading at um, University of Arkansas, mm-hmm. and I've always kind of carried that as a um, um, banner of shame. You know, I thought it was so mm-hmm. terrible, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so. The thought that I had written a book was so freeing. (laughs) I don't know. It has nothing to do with my comprehension level, but it just, uh, it was like, oh, gosh, I never thought this would happen. It was a bigger celebration for me simply because of that small connection. Now, probably a learning disability is somewhere in there, but. Anyway, it's quite interesting, the impact that that event has on, had on my life as well. So you talk about, I love this defining moment, which I'm always asking my guests, what are your defining moments? Because those are the moments when we brush ourselves off, stand up, and kind of go, okay, I'm in. So what what was the defining moment that you would share with my audience?
2: So for me, Joyce, my story, and people have often asked, well, how long did it take you to write the book?
1: Uh-huh.
2: Quite honestly, <laughs> A 40 years. Because yes. Got <laughs> that. Actually more than 40 years, but I don't want to be that transparent right now. Uh, <laughs> because it started with my very first hurt. The very uh-huh. first time that I experienced abuse. Mm. And because it was at such a young age, I was actually about age seven.
3: Mm. At
2: that point in time, back in the day, we didn't even know what stranger danger was. We, we, right. we hadn't had the campaign just say no and, and all those types of now empowering uh, educational opportunities that are available. So right. for me, I just hit it. I hit mm. that hurt. And yeah. it actually was November Of 2013. It was the day after Thanksgiving. And, you know, the the book reveals a lot of my story, as well as stories of seven other women, because I only know my story. I can't speak to things like uh, abortion or adoption or divorce or infidelity, Mm -hmm. but these other women could. And so I I Mm -hmm. brought them in to this book. Mm -hmm. My defining moment that day after Thanksgiving, I feel as though, Joyce, there was a literal switch that flipped, just like I'd gone over to the wall and I had Mm. moved that toggle to turn Mm -hmm. the light on. Mm -hmm. I felt it internally, and I knew that I knew that something had to change, that I Mm. would no longer choose to live my life. As I had up until then,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I look forward to reading your book. Um, You mentioned adoption, so was this the side from the woman that gave up her birth her child?
2: No, actually, the story that we share is from a young gal who was adopted because the whole oh she was a scarlet letter, yeah yeah, she. Uh She did not have a good adoption story. Oh, and it wasn't like the yeah. musical Annie. <laughs> right. Um,
3: yeah.
2: And um, she felt different. She felt as though she had a scarlet letter and hers mm-hmm. was A because she had been adopted.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And the, the shame that came with the adoption from her adoptive parents.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There... It, I have to say, I we adopted two children. We have a son and a daughter, and and um, you know they have brought so much joy and pleasure to our lives. I mean, I can't imagine what it would be without them in our lives. And so, the whole adoption um, issue is is it's so individual. It's you know everybody. It's the the woman that gives up the baby, it's the family that receives the baby, it's how the adoption was done. Uh, and there's so many different avenues um, of, that, of that whole adoption process. Um, so there are those sad stories out there. Um, I do know as much for the woman that gives up the baby. I think it takes tremendous courage for a woman to give up a baby because she knows that she can't offer what a family can offer. And so um, I just have the most admiration for that birth mother um, in being able to do that. I think more and more young women are deciding to save, to keep their babies uh, these days as uh, with different motives. But um, anyway, I just wanted to share that um but those are there are those situations where young babies do get into into families that aren't ready and prepared to uh really serve the needs of this child. So anyway, that will be another reason I want to buy that book, you know? <laughs> Learn another story. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. So the book became your main Focus, right, for
2: a while. Yes, yes. Yes. I really, uh, I had to get to the point where, and and I know several authors in in all different genres, and I I clearly remember a conversation with a gentleman who's been working on his book uh for 13 years. Yeah. It was at the point where it had (laughs) a 100,000 word count. Uh Uh-huh. And since I was not published yet, I really didn't have any authority to speak to that.
3: Mm -hmm. However,
2: I will tell you this. Stop writing if you're 13 years (laughs) in. And there is nobody in today's society that's going to read 100,000 (laughs) books.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Uh, You can be so proud. He probably had four
2: books in one, at least three books, right? Yeah, he could have sequels. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: Now, so, did you start just sit down, uh, pen to paper, and start writing, or did you try to find a support group with your writing process? How did your process develop?
2: Well, that's a great question because it is very individual and it's tremendously yeah. varied. Thanks to thanks to technology, uh-huh. I had the the blessing of being involved with a publisher. Okay. It's really kind of a hybrid. It's uh-huh. not self-publishing. It's not traditional publishing, which mm-hmm. gave me the support and the community that I needed while mm-hmm. also retaining all of the rights. Right. So this is my voice. Someone did not come along and try to change it. Right. And, and that is some of the feedback that I have received. Is Daphne, for the, from those people who know me, Daphne, this mm-hmm. sounds just like you. That was (laughs) very satisfying.
1: Pen on paper to end. How long did it take you to write the book?
2: So from beginning to end, I would Mm -hmm. say
1: two years. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. because, you know, as, as a writer, and, and you do know as, as an author, it can become very lonely. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need to step away. And then there are also times in the publishing process, you're waiting on others, right? You're waiting for that editor to return comments. Oh, yeah. You're waiting right. on the cover design to be approved uh-huh. and, and all those different components. But I would say I put two years in and yeah, it, two years that I'm I'm thankful that I invested,
3: mm. mm-hmm. uh, and
2: that that's really what I consider it. It's an investment in this mm-hmm. message, that is a message based on hope.
1: And yeah, right. Yeah,
2: um,
1: um, my journey, and I think this is the amazing thing about publishing a book these days. I love that there is so much freedom to go your way. Is one way. I uh, self-published, or as somebody said, use the word boutique publishing. But honestly, I self-published, and <clears throat> I, with the freedom of the computer, um, there's just so much we can do. And I don't care who you are out there. If you have a message that needs to go out, that you feel needs to go out, that it's that important to you that it be shared, that you have the ability now to do it so much easier. I think it's awesome that Daphne had the book uh, publisher to work with. I'm sure her journey was really, really great learning experience. But I don't want anybody to stop if they have a message out there to share. It's really important for you, as much for you as it is for the person that reads that book. Now, Daphne's audience is out there waiting to hear this message and confirmation for the woman that has had hurt in all those different areas. How did you come up with the idea uh, to write a book this way, Daphne? Was it just
2: your thought, or did it develop? Part of it was coaching. You know, part of it was coaching through my publisher. But also, I I sat back and I thought, what draws me to a book? Because I I got my start with reading in fiction for Mm -hmm. for escape. Then Mm -hmm. as I developed my professional career, everything that I read was non-fiction it was business development it was personal development it was spiritual maturity you know <laughs> it was all of that type of material yeah and i i noticed a common thread in the books that resonated most with me mm-hmm. and those books were books that provided action depth mm-hmm. not theory theory is great that's why you go to college, right? To learn right, theory. Right.
3: <laughs> However,
2: yeah. what do I do in the real world? How is this book, the money I invested in it, the time mm-hmm. I devoted to read it, how mm-hmm. is it actually going to make a difference in my life? What's uh-huh. applicable? What can mm-hmm. I initiate now? And mm-hmm. so when I wrote the book, I wrote it in three sections. Mm -hmm. And at the end of each section, there are exercises for the reader to immediately take action on. I ask a lot of questions and this helps a woman go through the entire process so that she can recognize her hurt because I actually Mm -hmm. define what is a hurt. Mm -hmm. And I also try to validate the reader because, you know, Mm. in, I don't know if you ever heard this on the playground growing up, but, you know, sticks and stones, may break your bones, name make Yeah. wrong. If you've been verbally abused, uh-huh. it hurts more than a stick or a stone because nobody can see the damage.
1: So these women came to you not realizing they had been hurt or that their experience was a hurt and validating the hurt? A little bit of both, hurt.
2: honestly. A little yeah. bit of both because <clears throat> I've worked with women – who are bleeding their hurt so much they're almost hemorrhaging. It is apparent that they mm. are open with the pain that they yeah. have gone through. Yeah. Then there are also those women, the, the high achievers, and I'm not saying the other group aren't high achievers, trust me. Right. Um, the high achievers who have that mask on. Mm-hmm. Because they're successful yeah. on the outside, but they're allowing that pain from the hurt and the shame to suffocate mm-hmm. them on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage them to take off their mask, which does mm-hmm. lead to the healing so that they are able to live, as you shared, free, secure, and empowered.
1: Right. Yeah. That's great. It's so beautiful. Um, yeah, we have a way of uh, particularly strong women, have a way of discounting it as mm. oh well, you know i'm I worked my way through that i I got through that, and that discounting doesn't really allow us to feel the pain and then release it, which is what we've got to do to get rid of it, get the bear off our back if we will
2: exactly exactly yeah and, and especially women. You know, trust me, yeah, we're there are there are men we in are the world. <laughs> there are men in the world who could relate to this book. However, yeah. women especially, and that's why I, I designed this for women. Yeah. We have the well, tendency to compare ourselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And and to your point, discount. Well, you know, yeah. mine's not as bad as hers. I got it.
1: Well, definitely, I'm going to have to break in here because we are going to go to a short break. And when we come back, I want to keep talking about this because it's so fascinating to me.
0: We'll be back shortly. Transformational coach, motivational speaker and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break.
4: Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling
0: 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here is our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford.
1: Welcome back. We are talking with Daphne Smith. I want, in her quote on her website, I want to read this because I think it's so, um, it's so beautifully written by Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? Your plain small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. That is from Mary, Mary Ann Williamson, who we all know is a famous speaker and writer, author, um, and she's a Texas girl. I just thought I'd share that with you, (laughs) but all right, (laughs) let's go on because I want you, you know, we're talking about letting ourselves shine just as Marianne Williamson had shared with us in that beautiful, um, quote that I shared with you. But there's another area that you, you research in your book, and that's the key points of release your shame, how did we get so much shame in our lives? What is shame? You want to share that with us, Daphne?
2: Oh, yes, yes. And I, and I think this is a, a, a crucial question, Joyce, so thank you for asking. There are two different kinds of shame. Mm. One is a healthy shame, mm-hmm. and one is an unhealthy shame. And unfortunately, we are not taught, generally speaking, we are not mm-hmm. taught the difference between the two. Yeah. And that unhealthy shame can easily turn into guilt. Ah, And just by our nature, by our DNA, the fact that we're women, we Mm -hmm. have a degree of that already built in. (laughs) Yes, we do. Right. And then when life compounds with interest (laughs) at times, Mm -hmm. that shame, (laughs) it really... Bogs us down. And to reference back to Marianne Williamson's quote, it dims our light.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We,
2: we tend to hide behind it because the weight is oppressive. It, it, it's truly like putting on a 50 a pound backpack and then putting on a 100 pound backpack, and, mm-hmm. and it, it truly mires us yeah. in the mm-hmm. hurt. And in order to move beyond that, to grow through it, we've got to release or break the shackles of the shame.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm wondering how we've been taught that. You know, we come in and it, we're taught everything that we are from just, we just keep adapting from birth. When we get here, we adapt, 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 all in the name of love, wanting to be loved, and how we get the message of shame. Do you have any insight on that?
2: Honestly, I believe, and, and I'm not blaming my my parents or my grandparents, but a lot of it is generational. I, yeah. I believe, to your point, we learn it from our environment.
3: Then mm-hmm. if we happen Definitely. to be
2: raised... In a um, oppressively religious background, I believe there's a mm-hmm. the difference between religion and spirituality hundred mm-hmm. percent mm-hmm. all of those types and, and you know for me, I grew up uh, in Dallas at a, at a private uh, church school we'll just we'll just keep it at, at that uh,
1: yeah right. and
2: and the rules and if you stepped out of those rules and and the consequences that just added to the hurt and to the shame that I carried around
3: mm-hmm. and, and
2: so yeah. yes but part of it is a taught behavior and part of it is that innate um, sense and and that um, built in uh, we're wired to know the difference
3: between mm-hmm.
2: healthy and unhealthy shame but who really helps define who helps us really understand what the difference is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I definitely believe, I agree with you so much about the, it's learned in our, <clears throat> our home environment so much, so many times, because that's where we first learned about love, and we just want to be loved, you know. What about if we can move on to reclaiming your voice? I know particularly having come from divorce, at the end of my uh, marriage, my voice, I know this is hard to believe, but my voice in the marriage was non-existent. Very, very quiet was I. But outside my my family, I was very outspoken. I was a leader. I mean, nobody would have ever known anything was going on. But where, how do we lose our voice?
2: I, I think it's a slow fade for most women. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, mm-hmm. I because of my hurt at such a young age, mm-hmm. because of uh, the incident uh, that I share in the book, my voice was taken away before I even knew I had one.
3: Oh, okay? as a very
2: young so child,
1: you're talking.
2: Sometimes that is the case. Sometimes we haven't even right. developed the voice, and it's yeah. Way. Other yeah. times, like in your situation, and, and I can relate to this as well. I was mm-hmm. a different woman when I was in, in my corporate environment and out in uh-huh. my professional career, but then I would come home, uh-huh. and I, I would essentially put, put a mask on. And, and part of that, honestly, is from the environment also in which I was raised, because uh-huh. my parents divorced, and I can clearly uh-huh. remember the arguing that went on in our home leading up uh-huh. to that divorce. So, when I got married, I thought in my immaturity mm. <clears throat> and, and lack of other reference, I thought, gosh, if I argue with him, mm-hmm. I'm going to wind up divorced. Oh, so,
1: interesting. mm
2: mm-hmm. Yes. So, I kept quiet. Yeah. But he grew up in an environment where they argued because they cared. At least that's the way inter- they interpreted it. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. And it showed
2: that they had... A stake, you know uh-huh. they were they were committed, uh-huh. and so yeah. because I didn't argue, now he's confused because <laughs> he didn't think I cared, and and it looks <laughs> funny, it, you know that's that's yeah. the whole he said she said men are from Mars women are from Venus <laughs> kind of thing, but that John I, Gray, it goes,
1: he's so small
2: <laughs> yeah it, and it goes back to that whole light it's I believe mm. a very slow fade. A degree at a time, and until something happens, as you asked early on, you know what was that defining moment? Until we have that switch flip. In fact, that's what I actually call it: is the switch factor. Yes, I love until that. Until it flips, uh-huh. then we're going to continue on the same path. There has to be. Unfortunately, I you know I, I use that term. Um, because I I don't know of a better way to describe it, because it's usually a crisis. Mm-hmm. People don't mm-hmm. look forward to a crisis. So unfortunately, it takes some type of crisis, some type yeah. of... Um, you know, people like to use the word pivot nowadays. Ooh, what was your pivot point? Uh, we can we can use that if we want to, but it's a little deeper than just a slight
1: pivot. <laughs> right. Well, you were so blessed to be able to have a partner that was willing to share his his path with you, and how wonderful mm-hmm. that the two could meet and blend and become one and have a happy happy marriage. <laughs> Very good. I like that. I like yeah. it. That's yeah. cool. That's what a partner is to help you teach and grow. So, exactly. you know, I'd like for you to share with my audience, you've shared already how we can get our book, but if they want to get in touch with you, how can they get in touch with you? Tell us about your website and all of your other social medias. Cause we can get you a number of ways here.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you. And I, I would love to connect with your listeners and, my new website is Yay! Daphne, D-A-P-H-N-E-V-Smith.com. V is in victory.
1: V is in victory. V is in victory. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I, I will share that, you know, launching a new website and a book simultaneously, <laughs> I feel like giving birth to twins. So um <laughs> quite the journey. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, on my website, there are lots of work with me, connect with me opportunities. Just click the button. We've got a, a lovely form. I'd love to hear from you. We've got uh, videos of lessons that I've taught on there as well. we've got uh, I've got my Instagram channel, mm-hmm. which is simply Daphne V. Smith, mm-hmm. as well as my Facebook uh, opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. You can't get on social media and not find me. So uh, But Daphne B. Smith is, is the key. That's that's who I am. And uh, I was hiding behind a brand name for a while. And finally, you know what? When I got rid of all my scarlet letters, when I stopped dyeing my hair when I came out from behind the mask, it was like, Hey, it's me <laughs> Daphne B. Smith.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now these um this Would you say that um, your book, does it kind of take off on the format that Jack Canfield used by his his collaboration of stories or or is it totally different from that? Do you know what I'm talking about?
2: Definitely. I do, I do, because I know Jack. I know his work. Um, he and mm-hmm. I've spoken before, so I think that's you know great that you've mm-hmm. had the opportunity to work with him as you have. So, mm-hmm. the book is is not um, similar to his format, okay? Because what I've done is in each section
3: of mm-hmm. the book, mm-hmm.
2: I lay the groundwork, and I so. I'll just pick um, Gina, for example, in her story. She's the gal okay. who was adopted. Mm-hmm. So we, I, I interviewed Gina. Mm-hmm. I took her story and I asked about her hurt and, and what those looked like and how mm-hmm. they impacted her. And that portion of her story is in the first portion of the book. When it mm-hmm. came to release your shame, you'll meet Gina again because she's going to share how she released her shame. And when you get uh, to reclaim your voice, so you'll, you'll see her story yeah. woven. You'll see her progression uh-huh. all the way through, as well uh-huh. as the six other ladies. Because my goal for this book, Joyce, was to reach as many hurting women as
3: possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And I know that because my story is grounded in abuse, all form, so physical, emotional, verbal, sexual,
3: mm-hmm. I know
2: that if you've not experienced that, this book isn't going to resonate with you. Mm-hmm. And in the writing process, I had a couple of women share with me. One of them is divorced, mm-hmm. and she said that she had felt like she had a scarlet letter. And then mm-hmm. another gal who has felt rejected her entire life, has always mm-hmm. felt, Like, she has had a scarlet letter. And that was really really a catalyst for me to expand the book
3: so Mm -hmm.
2: that more women would find value in it and find somebody, as I shared early on, to relate to because we're not on this journey alone.
1: Right. But you also put, I believe that I heard you say you also have tools in them for helping people walk through the the healing process.
2: Yes. Right? Yes. At the yes. end at the end of each section. There is there's mm-hmm. homework. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Because that's what I appreciate. Yes. I, I need actionable items. Okay, yes. you brought this to my awareness. <laughs> now what? Yeah. And yeah and I tell them what. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's in a, very a wonderful encouraging way. <laughs>
1: I think that's awesome and very wise of you to do because it, they do need tools. I love to do a course and have tools that will tell me, help me work through and make sense in in a format way of how to progress through my healing. I like that. I think that's smart of you to do that, Daphne. Okay. Um one of the things when I was visiting your website is, of course, your blogs. And um, I sort of looked over. I love the way your website is done. It's very well done.
2: Thank
1: you. I'm applauding thank you, you. Thank you. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so anyway, but there, I was drawn to this one as my example today. It's called Trait Women Who Get Stuck. Number one trait of women who get stuck. And you talk about the switch, which you've already mentioned, but I love that there is there's a, there is a switch. You keep taking it, taking it, taking it, and taking it, and then all of a sudden one day it's just like you flip the switch and you said, enough, enough, I'm moving on. And I love that you put this in here. Because I think every woman gets this. Every every person gets this. I mean, we have the switch, the switch, and then you talk about cliches. So I'm doing just a really brief overview, but can you expound more on the the flip the switch? And sure, the, is sure. the fl- cliches are those two different things?
2: No. Well, right? when, when I talk about the switch factor, I'm, yes. I'm talking about that pivotal moment. And what does it take to get there? Yeah. Everybody's limit, if you will, is different. Mm. Yes. And so it's actually um, a, a PDF that women are welcome to go in and, and claim their free copy. They're, there's not, you know, I'm not charging anything for it. I, I truly want it to be a resource for women. And we've also mm-hmm. created a resource specifically um, for your listeners that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we can talk about in a couple of minutes, but you know, life cliches are cliches because they hold an element of truth. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. very often there's a level of comfort. If we can just throw a cliche at it. Well, I also see a cliche as a Mm Band-Aid. And after a while, it doesn't matter how many Band-Aids you've put on it, that that splinter in your soul, if you will, Mm -hmm. it needs to be extracted. And that is a tie-in to the switch. When it's time, let's get Mm -hmm. in there and let's get it out because that is when the true healing can begin.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I encourage people to go and read your your blogs. They were um, very interesting. You'll find the, the subjects are very interesting and uh, so true that we've all experienced at least, uh, if not all of them, many of them. So do take the time to go. Now, you talked about a, uh, a giveaway that you're giving to my audience?
2: Yes. Yes, so this is <laughs> this is a tool, Joyce, that okay. I wish I had had, and <laughs> it's it's called uh, Three Things, and and I believe um, I, I sent a link, and if not, by all means, I, I will get it to you. Uh, if, if you know technology, right? Mm, um, right. But what this um, what this link will do is it will give them the three things to expect with change.
1: Oh, yes. Great.
2: Right? Because yeah. when you get your second wind, when you uh-huh. are ready for change, that doesn't right. mean everybody else in your life is ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and so these are the three things I wish I had known before I began to make the major changes in my life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary and frustrating not only for you, but also for the people around you.
2: <laughs> exactly, because they have a comfort level with your discomfort.
1: Yes, they do. <laughs> they like knowing how to work with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, after this book, what is your... What is your goal? I know that you are can you uh, call yourself a speaker, collaborator, and a facilitator? At which you might want to explain a little bit more. But now you're going to add author on there too, aren't you?
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
3: Yay! Yay! Yeah. <laughs> hey.
1: Now, when you say collaborator, what are you meaning there?
2: Right. So I use the term collaborator simply because uh, in my experience, the word coach is often misused and misrepresented. Yes. And I also have experience in consulting. Mm. So in order to honor my client, Mm -hmm. I use the term collaborating because sometimes they need me to simply listen and ask questions. Yes. Other times I need to flat out tell them what to do and challenge mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And so I use that term collaborator to be a, a, an umbrella mm-hmm. title, if What's you will, that? that allows me the flexibility to serve my clients as, as they need when we're in that one-on-one situation. When I refer to facilitating, I have done everything from church retreat to corporate engagement.
3: Ah. It
2: really depends Mm -hmm. upon what the need is, and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm very transparent. I am very clear, and I understand I am not the perfect facilitator or collaborator or speaker for every person on this planet, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. And not everybody's the best client for me. And I will mm-hmm. interview potential clients, be it an organization or an individual, really for both our benefit, Right. Because I want to make sure that I meet their needs and exceed their expectations. So you ask well, how do next. they,
1: if somebody is listening today and they want to get to you, how do they do that, Daphne?
2: Right. So thank you. There's a, a contact me form on okay. my website, if they uh-huh. simply click that button, fill in the information, it, and there's even options, speaker, speaking, collaborating, facilitating, and a box mm-hmm. for them to tell me a little bit about what they're looking for, that yes. email comes directly to me. Okay. And I will review it and reach out to them personally.
1: Yeah. Great. Great. That's good news. It's a good way to know how to get to you. Because I think once they come to the website, once they read your book, they're going to definitely have some questions. Just how can they progress? How can they get to you to maybe do work with you, uh, call you up for a speaking engagement? Just how they can use your expertise for sure. So um, I want them to be able to find you. in in this um, paper world that we're in today. Um, (laughs) Now you got this book and you live in Northwest Arkansas and a beautiful part of Arkansas, may I say. Uh, And what, what do you see in your near future? I mean, this is a tremendous uh, accomplishment, but as you, what is your your dream for your work? Can you tell me share that?
2: You bet you bet thank you so in October mm-hmm. I'm going to be offering a free webinar wonderful, for a course that will be coming out and some small group coaching mm-hmm. and it's designed and and i I hope that this word doesn't get leaked out on. <laughs> podcast, but the the book is called Clear Your Crap. Because you know what I'm here to tell you? Everybody (laughs) has some crap. (laughs) So I'm going to offer the course and my ultimate goal is to create a retreat. And this retreat is going to be based on the book and the course. And Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to include The other women in the book as the facilitators. I personally know each and every one of these women.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And some of us have, you know, been in the trenches together longer Mm -hmm. than others. But Mm -hmm. I I would vouch for any of the women in this book. And we are going to have a retreat experience so that women can come gather in community, work Mm. through these issues and leave with a greater sense of self
3: so that they can truly
2: yeah yeah that's that's my ultimate and and i see that retreat being available uh within the next two years you know we've got to get the book out there we've got to get the course presented so that more people um can be impacted and then we will have we'll have the first retreat of this association with the the true goal or object Mm -hmm. Objective, excuse me, to have women recall their dreams, to mm-hmm. reclaim their dignity, and mm-hmm. to realize their destiny. Because mm-hmm. we are not created to walk around this world wounded and shackled to our shame. Right. We are designed for more than that.
1: Beautifully said. Um- I hope everybody notices the planning that Daphne has done. It's her dream, and the dream is a plan that moves out. And I love that she's working on the book, and then she does her. She's going to offer her course in in uh, M, less than a month, and that yeah. after mm-hmm. the course, then she will move on to the next dream which is the weekend retreat or whatever, however lengthy the retreat is. But that's the process of dreaming. <laughs> and I love that you've just followed it so beautifully, Daphne. And I just wanted to take the opportunity to point that out to my listeners, for those that have not started dreaming. Our need to know the process of dreaming. Beautifully done. So we are in, nearing the end of our time together. It's going to be a quick, brief goodbye, Daphne, because we have just enjoyed visiting with you so much. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for creating your book, Recognizing the Need, and for being here with me today. I appreciate that you are you, and you are sharing your genius with the world. So, thank you so much for being on Second Wind with me.
2: Thank you, Joyce. And I just want to encourage everyone remember, if you're breathing, it's for a reason. <laughs> there's still hope, there's still purpose for you. Yeah. Cover it, great. own it, live it. Yeah.
1: So,. My dear listeners out there in the big cyberspace, I hope you have a great week. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. And make it a good one.
0: Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System. Women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services and.